I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 68 of Season 6 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capresque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is John Parker, Parker of the Bat Minute. Welcome back to the show, Batman. Thank you for having me, darling. It's a delight to be here. <laughs> and it's a delight to have you here. so minute 68 begins with jane saying both hello and goodbye and ends with george uh still being pretty clueless like he is for a lot of the movie yeah basically (laughs) so we ended things yesterday with uh you know the the wainwrights basically uh deciding that they're leaving and getting ready to to go for their uh 20 plus hour drive down to, to Florida. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and I mean, this minute ends with, with everyone basically just uh, saying hello and goodbye, which is just really funny. <laughs> yeah, because. I uh, thought of it that way. I suppose it's one of those you don't notice that until you split it into minutes. That's right, because basically, you know, we hear Jane say, Awfully happy to have met you, Mary. Nice meeting you too. Goodbye. Glad to see you. Goodbye, George. So long, George. <laughs> See you in the funny papers. So long, Mary. Bye, Sam. Have fun. Thanks for dropping around. Florida. I have... Hee-haw. <laughs> hee-haw. <laughs> I've always been fascinated by that phrase, see you in the funny papers. Like, I always, as a kid as well, I was just, like, obsessed with it whenever they said it in, in a film or anything, the funny papers. Because by the time I was a kid... A newspaper might have one or at most two little comics in it, but they were never that outlandish or that interesting. So you didn't really pay attention. It's like, oh, this is a newspaper. That's for your parents, you know. So imagine a time when these things were seen as, like, important. Where it's like, well, you know, they're, they're important enough to make a gag about. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the funny pages, you know. <laughs> Everyone knows right. that. There's a whole section in the newspaper just for that. That's right. I mean, I, I remember growing up in, in the 80s, there was an entire section on the Sunday paper, you know, with uh, – with a whole bunch of comic strips and things like that, you know, some of the the most famous ones, you know, Hagar the Horrible and uh, uh, Beetle Bailey and uh, Blondie, uh, Garfield, you know, all those things back then. Do, do you know how far back it goes, the, the idea of having uh, comic strips in newspapers? I, I'm going to predict, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to predict it's basically from the beginning. From the beginning of what? From the beginning of time, and papers being like a big a big deal. Let's say the mass industry of newspapers. I'm sure when it was little local papers, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, I, you're 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 on the right track with that. So it it, it started in the late 19th century, uh, not long after they invented the 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 color press. There you go. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the first uh, comic ships was one called the Little Bears, which had uh, you know uh, sequential art and recurring characters, and it was uh, in uh, William Randolph Hearst's uh, San Francisco Examiner. Okay, and, and then, I think that's the kind of thing you reboot, right? And, People always reboot something from the 80s. No, 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 Re- bring this back, make a movie out of this. <laughs> that's right. And then there actually, it became even more popular because there was a newspaper war between uh, William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer. Mm. So then they had the whole idea of, okay, having color strips on you know, either Sunday or Saturday to, to fight back you know, between the two of them. And stuff like that. I mean, you're you're a Batman person. Are you also a you know a Batman uh, you know comic strip comic book uh, fan or just the movies? I started out doing the show. The the gimmick was basically Niall is the Batman freak who knows everything, and I am coming at it from the angle of uh, I'm obsessed with the Batman movies. But through doing the show, I've then obviously explored lots of other things so i do have a giant stack of comics next to me right now which i'm trying to get rid of because i've got too many um so i've bought loads over the last oh god what is it now six years um but they're hit and miss for me i don't know i have to be in the mood for a comic um i prefer i think i prefer it when it's a full graphic novel um I because think it's like a because it's more. like a movie where it has a beginning and an end is that the idea yeah it's a whole thing and yeah whereas comics they just I like them, but they just go on and on and on. And and there's arcs, obviously, but uh, I don't know. It just feels like you're locked in. It's like a marriage, you know? Okay. That's an interesting way to to, to refer to, to comic books, but okay. Well, it's hard to get out of it as well because I, I started buying I, – I initially just subscribed to Batman. I was like, okay, I'll get Batman. Then I subs- subscribed to Detective Comics because obviously it's basically Batman 2 most of the time. So you're like, okay, cool. Got me two Batman. But then you get addicted. You start buying more. You add more to your subscription. More, more, more. It, it turned. I was getting Batman, Detective Comics. I was getting Spider Man. Um, uh, what else was it? Uh, Squirrel Girl. Uh, God damn, X Men. I had so many. Oh, I had Aliens. They had one coming out. I had Star Wars. I was having so many turn up for a year. I didn't read them because I was reading the previous year. Mm, That's okay. when I decided. Look, this is. I'm just going to stop them all. There's no point. <laughs> so I cancelled everything. I finally just took the plunge. Like, no, stop it. I'll just buy the ones I want to buy when they're out in like a, a graphic novel format, you know. Interesting. I mean, I, I became a, a comic book fan in high school. And because I'm a completionist, so I, you know, got got into, you know, a bunch of different uh, uh, comic books. And then yeah. I went back and I, you know, bought, the previous ones, the previous, you know, the, to, to have the full collection. And, you know, over a course of like three or four years, I amassed a humongous collection of, mm. I mean, I was mostly, mostly uh, DC, uh, had a few Marvel Yay. stuff in there. Um, and I, I ended up having thousands of comics. <laughs> and then when, when I, when I moved from the States to, to Israel, so I didn't bring them with me, they were all sitting there. And after a few years, my parents said to me, they said, we're not storing this for you anymore. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? So I, I then went and had to, to sell them. I basically sold them all back to the same store that I had bought them from. 
And obviously the store <laughs> made a huge profit on it because, you know, even if oh, I spent, absolutely. even if I spent a dollar on each, you know, then whatever they sold it back to me for, I, I remember I bought, uh, you know, I basically traded it for something. I can't, I can't remember at this point what I traded it up for. Uh, but, you know, they basically said, okay, we'll give you X amount of credit, you know, and then yeah. so I went and bought something with it. Again, I don't remember what it was that I bought. Uh, it's one of those regrets that I sort of have. Because at the time, I mean, you you say you don't have time to read them. At the time, I read everyone that I had. You know, for me, it was yeah. because again, it goes back to to my uh, uh, my flaw of wanting to always be a completionist. You know, so I you know went and got all of them, and then I just sat down and read them start to finish. So it's sort of like a you know a graphic novel type of thing, even though I was sometimes reading seventy comics. You know, in a series, <laughs> but the idea was okay. Here's the story arc going from from start to finish. You know, that's see, that's that's my exact problem, right? I'm also a completionist, so not having like once I started falling behind, it was stressing me out. Yes, I'm, I'm, I was I, like, no, 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 I'm but I very need to familiar. keep them. I need to keep up. Yeah, <laughs> very, very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, which I, is I, why I I've, take I've reviewed over like, ten thousand eight hundred movies on my website because that's the way I am, and that's why I do movies by minute uh, podcasts because you know I, I like being a completionist and and going through everyone every episode one minute at a time. You know, that type of thing. Well, it's, the, it's the same when I'm watching movies. Like if I watch Star Wars, you know, I'll watch the original trilogy. Of course, I will. I will then watch the prequels, even though I don't really like them, because like, well, I've got to. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. I definitely know the feeling. I've, I've done that very often. I mean, uh, uh, this, this past week, I, I for some reason had the urge to to want to revisit Gremlins two. Okay, which oh, I, I, I never love, really I liked. Gremlins 2. It's it's a fun movie, but it's not that great, you know. And and then when I was getting ready to watch it, I said, wait a second, if I'm gonna watch this. I probably should watch the first one again right beforehand. So that's Absolutely. what I did. <laughs> you can't watch two without watching one. No. Exactly. So that's what I did. <laughs> you know, for, I'm for better for worse. percent. <laughs> yes. I, I do it all the time. I remember my ex saying to me, why are you watching Attack of the Clones? You don't like this one. I was like, yeah, I know I don't like it. That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to. Don't you understand? I've got to watch it. That's right. If I, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep at night if I don't watch it. No. It, it would stress me out more. <laughs> I, I actually like Attack of the Clones, but but we're we're not here to, to argue with this, uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, my favorite, well, even, my favorite, my favorite of the Star of the prequels is, is is Revenge of the Sith. I, I just yeah. I've, I'm always amazed when I watch it. Um, I and like, I, I like Sith, yeah, yeah, and I, I I'm always upset about the fact that they cut out 40 minutes of the the first scene, yeah, because <laughs> I'd love to see it, <laughs> like an act, the actual battle and everything. The actual battle, the the kidnapping of of uh, Palpatine, yeah, you know, the, there's apparently a, a duel that happens uh, uh, that's related. What's her name? Uh, Akosha, Akasha, Askasha. I don't remember. Oh, um, uh, Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka. Right. So she's in there. There's like a whole bunch of different things that that apparently happened. They they ended up cutting out like 40 minutes of that whole sequence. I'll tell you what I do. Even though I'm a completionist, what I do like about Star Wars. This is very off topic. I don't care. Um, is the, I do like though that they take that approach from serials. They just drop you in the middle of something, don't they? That's right. So, so in a That's way, correct. cutting it out, although it's like, oh, all that stuff sounds great. I also like that it's like, no, oh, by the way, in this episode of Star Wars, uh, yeah, Palpatine's been kidnapped. Uh, yeah, just get on with it. Go. 
I I agree with you 100. percent You know, <laughs> but you know there there is a part of me that that still yeah. wants to. It's like you know my my second season I did plane trains and automobiles and they cut out two hours and eleven minutes of Whoa. the original cut of the movie. Okay, I okay. knew they cut it a lot, but I didn't know it was that much. Yes. Okay. Ooh. So I mean, the big, the running joke that I had during that season was the fact that they basically cut out Die Hard because that's as long as Die Hard is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yes. Um, and, and I have the script, and I, I went through the script, and every episode talked about what was cut from the script. Most of what was in the script, I'm glad they cut out, but I still would love to watch it at least once, you know, to see the yeah. whole thing. But you know, apparently that's impossible. You know, it's it's gone. <laughs> it's one I of those that things probably, that's lost. Yeah, that was back in the day. They didn't really keep hold of that stuff because why? Right. Why would they? That's right. Apparently, they say John Hughes had a copy of it somewhere, and once he died, no one knew where it went. You know. Oh. Um, again, it would be amazing to 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 see. But I mean, that the the movie itself, when it's only ninety six minutes, is amazing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be even but, but who knows but <laughs> you know so yeah so back back to what we're talking about here you know the the, the whole conversation between sam and, and jane and uh george and mary is is a little strange you know just because of the way that the the they show us the differences between these the, these characters lifestyles Hmm. You know, and I mean, back to what you were saying about the funny papers, I, I think of that line where he says, see you in the funny papers. Um, I, I think he might be referring to the fact that maybe, you know, there are going to be political cartoons written about one of the two of them. Maybe that's his 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 what he's referring to here. Oh, OK. I didn't think you know, I just thought maybe it was like maybe yeah, he's yeah. saying that I'm so successful that people are now going to be talking about me in you know, in political cartoons. Oh, see, even if he doesn't mean it that way, I think George would interpret it that way. That's right. Because he, he's, he's feeling a bit sensitive at the moment, you know. That's right. He's basically saying to, to, to George, you know, I'm the, the person that people are going to, to remember and people are going to talk about. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I just thought he was just being silly, you know, being a bit goofy, like, ah, you know. Uh, but no, I think you might have hit the nail on the head. That's intriguing. That adds an extra layer. Yes, it, I think it does. And then as the the car dri- dri- drives off, you know, we see George and Mary standing there watching for a, quite a long time. As as it's a few seconds, but it's longer than what we would expect. As they watch yeah. Sam drive off in his chauffeured uh, car. You know, and then the two of them turn around and they start walking back towards their car. And you see on the on George's face that, that you know, he feels that he missed out on something. Yeah. You know, yeah, that he's... he sees the difference in their lifestyles and then he, like, kicks the door of, of, of his car. Meaning, you know, this is a piece of crap. You know, that type of thing. It is quite interesting that um, clearly we are supposed to see his car and think that is, like, junk. That's right. It's, it's, you know, that's the implication. But again, to me, in 2023, as of recording, um, I think that looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a really nice car. Look at the design, the class, the style. I love that back in those days, people put so much effort 
into making something look and feel worth your money, worthwhile. You yeah. Know? Well, I'm assuming that George got a good deal on it. You know. Yeah. But but the movie wants us to think like look look at what he's got. Kind of it is. It's it's obviously cheaper, you know, and he hasn't got a chauffeur. <laughs> That's right. It's a good point. And I mean, the scene just uh, changes from there, and uh, you know, we're, we're we're back in Potter's office. We, we we somehow were transported back to Potter's office. Actually, you know, what? I want to go back one second. If you look around as they're walking towards their car, you see all of these new houses in the background. You know, and it really it looks as if this is a uh, a well developed area. Yeah. You know, there are there are numerous houses. I mean, you can see, I think, about seven houses uh, as they're they're walking by, you know, and and as successful as they may feel that they've actually accomplished this, you know, George just doesn't feel successful because he's comparing himself to Wainwright. And I, I don't think he ever regrets what he's done, but it's still frustrating to him. Yes. You know, I think ultimately he feels good about it. He is helping all these people in his community, but he's like, I could have, I could have had more. You That's know? Right. And I could have done more, as you say. That's right. And then we, we get another uh, uh, screen swipe and we're, we're, we're back with uh, our good friend, uh, Mr. Potter. And we, we see that, that he has this very interesting uh, lighter in his hand. Yeah. It looks like a, a little like ball that he's, you know, that he's lighting the, a cigar and we see that it's George that's, uh, that's puffing on this cigar. Well, that, that lighter ties in weirdly to what I was saying about cars. Look at the care and design that's gone into that lighter. And imagine buying a lighter now. Not that anyone smokes anymore over here. <laughs> Everyone vapes. But mm-hmm. if you needed a lighter, you just get some cheap plastic. That, look at that. That's amazing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Everything was cool. And also, imagine a meeting in this day and age with cigars. That's not happening. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. Yes. And if you look around his office, it's, it's very interesting. Some of the, the decorations are. First of all, he had a picture of himself. Yeah, where he can see it as well. Not right. people coming in. He can look at himself. That's right. Which says a lot about him. He has this very strange contraption on on the uh, on the desk, which has a bell on it. Which I'm assuming is some yeah, way for you... him to uh, to oh, actually. Is, does that look like it's holding different types of booze? I couldn't figure it out. You know, I, I, there's definitely. They look like um, what do you call them? Like decanters, you know, where you, you for some reason you'd pour your booze into a into a crystal thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's maybe those, but then what's the bell? And then yeah, there's bits know. next to the bell. Are they for candles? There's, there's some I don't know. Well, actually, maybe this is something that is brought in. You know, maybe the secretary brought this in before the meeting so that you have it here. You know, so that that during the meeting, if they want to have a drink, it's right there next to them. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't recall seeing that in, you know, in the beginning of this week when when no. we had the, you know, the 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 rent, uh, the rent collector there. Oh, wait, I've got I've got an idea. Oh, no, hang on. I was going to say maybe it's also maybe it's multipurpose. Maybe it's a box to keep the cigars in. But actually, I think that might be what's on the right of the screen there. What do you call them? It's like a 
I, can't, I don't smoke. I don't know what they call no, them. No, it's no, like no. a special cigar cases. <laughs> Uh, it's like a hum is it a humidor or is that the room? I don't know. Smokers, uh, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um actually when looking back at the, the scenes with, with the ring collector, it actually does look as if um they have this here. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, that it was there all the whole time, which is, is a little strange. You know, it's well, not I something also thought that I also thought that the smoking, um again, maybe it is me putting my modern sensibilities on it but i saw it as it's part of showing off you know how rich he is again maybe um, so yes it is there it, it, we can see it in yesterday's minute uh, at the very uh, beginning yeah. of yesterday's minute we see this contraption is there also so th this isn't something that uh, they're they're trying to hide from us you know it's not something that's brand new <laughs> yeah uh, just for for this uh meeting with george oh well there, there goes that theory well, I... <laughs> I definitely thought it was like a uh, yeah, like a rich show off thing though, because like at least again, it could be modern. Cigars aren't cheap, even at the best of times. Even a cheap one isn't cheap, you know. So the fact that he can just give one away in this meet, like there you go, to his rival as well, someone he doesn't even like. Well, like, again, you, you have go, to think of yourself. you have to you have to take that into context here because you know when when we when we'll get into the dialogue in a second, you'll you'll see also it's very strange with the way that. Because George starts off by saying, thank you, sir. That's quite a cigar, Mr. Potter. He goes, oh, you like it? I'll send you a box. Mm. So, you see, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Potter Potter exactly. wants to, to butter him up. You know, Potter's goal here. It, it, that's right. Potter's goal is to make sure that he's going to get, you know, he wants to get George on his side. That That's his plan right now. There's a subtlety there where he's like, I also want George to know he can't he can't beat me. I'm, I'm incredibly wealthy. Like you're not going to topple me, right? <laughs> and then George sits so do down it in, in a nice chair. way. That's right. And yeah. then George sits down in the chair. And this is this is always cracking me up. This scene, you know, he's yeah. he's very very low in the chair. Well, that's another power move thing. That is correct. Um, that's, it's definitely that's the psychology. Most power move of all. That's right. You know, not only did they do that in in you know special effects in, in Lord of the Rings, they they do that here too. You know. <laughs> they make George look like a hobbit. I've, I I learned about this like when I studied uh, I studied business at school, and uh, I learned about this. They they told us like um it's a thing people do. They give you a lower chair because it gives them power over yes. the conversation. But I think this is a little mm. bit of an extreme. Uh, yeah, it's a comical. You know, it's taking it to another <laughs> level. Yeah, it makes it look like he's sitting on a chair for a kid. You know that type of thing. <laughs> Did, it did you weirdly notice... as well makes me th oh sorry go on. no go ahead, go ahead go ahead it weirdly as well makes me think of my my favorite video game of all time is it's one called Disco Elysium and you you have a meeting where someone does this to you in the game um, you're having a meeting with the the leader of this union who are like conducting a, a strike and um, you sit in a chair and it's such a strange game that you have to pass all it, it's based on Dungeons and Dragons so there's dice rolls you know. Mm -hmm. You have to pass the dice rolls in this uncomfortable chair he's made you sit in. He's got a big, luxurious chair. You're sitting in this tiny stool. And if you don't pass the dice rolls, you start slipping off. <laughs> you slip further down. Oh, and wow. you can die. You can, you, can, you can die in the chair if you don't succeed the, the dice rolls. Because it's such an uncomfortable chair, it kills you. Oh, wow. That's interesting. <laughs> 
Now, did you notice what's in front of George as he's sitting down? The, the weird skull thing. That's right. I've never noticed that before. It looks like a keychain type of thing. <laughs> it's a, it's a but an also impractical one. Yeah, completely. It's humongous. I mean, again, there's also these these strange tools that are that are next to it. I I think that these are probably like exotic things that that Potter has gotten, uh, you know, from from around the world, and is using them in order to try and show once again, you know, that how rich he is. Oh, whoa. You know what? I thought that, but there's another level. I think as well. Does he know? I think he does. He knows about George wanting to travel the world and stuff, doesn't he? Yes, he so does. He shows what he has acquired in his life. Like, mm-hmm. look at what I've done. That's right. You haven't done this. That's where, that's where I was going with that. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. No, very good. Very good. And then George says, well, I... Uh, and then... Uh, you know, it's it's very strange because, you know, George feels very out of place. He's trying to make himself comfortable here, but he's he's completely, you know, uh, clueless as to what's going on. And, and he basically says, yeah. uh, I suppose I'll find out sooner or later, but just exactly, but just what exactly did you want to see me about? So <laughs> so this tells us a lot. I mean, it says that, that, that Potter summoned for George. But he didn't tell him what he wants him for, and George still came. You know, you think well, he's a nice guy. He'll he'll turn up no matter what, you know. Yeah, but but if he's being invited by, you know, Potter. So the question is, why am I being invited by Potter? What is Potter? What you know? So it shows a lot of the innocence of George here, which is which is great. Oh, I, that's why we love him. You know? Yes, because Completely. he is innocent. And what I like is he's he's trying to fit in here. Like, yeah, we're contemporaries. You know, we we both run these businesses. He's trying his best, and it's not working, is it? He's not he's not a man like Potter. Correct. And he never can be a man like Potter. That's part of it all. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that that's actually how this uh, minute ends. You know, there's there. You know, as as they say, every minute is still a minute. But there, there's there's I guess less uh, going on here because we only have these two scenes here, and uh, you know we have we have a lot of interesting we had a, some interesting things to talk about. But in general, uh, you know that that's that's the way that this uh, hump day minute uh, goes. So did you uh, have anything else uh, you want to say about this minute? I know that is everything. Okay. So every Wednesday we have a segment called It's a Wonderful Wednesday. And the, the concept behind this is that, you know, in the 77 years since this movie w- uh, was made, so there have been many venues, uh, movies, TV shows, books, uh, music, uh, that have copied the idea, the general idea of It's a Wonderful Life and showing what would happen to characters if either they didn't exist or something changed in their life. Okay, and so one of the things that I came across uh, fits perfectly with you, and I I decided to go with comics. So I actually found three Batman comics that have uh, stories that are sort of what-if stories about Batman. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Okay, Okay. so the the, the first one that I got, I'm just going to briefly talk about all three. Uh, the first one I found was a story called The Last Rites. 
Have you ever heard of oh, that one? Okay, yeah, yeah. I have indeed. I haven't read it, but I've heard it. Okay, by uh, it was it was written by uh, Grant Morrison, and basically the idea here is that Bruce Will- uh, Bruce Willis, Bruce <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> See, that's what happens. I when would you have do loved two- to have seen Bruce Willis play him. <laughs> that's right. That's what happens when you when you do two uh, diehard movies and are in preparation for a third. Uh, yes. Hey. <laughs> so Bruce Wayne is given false memories of a life in which his parents weren't killed. Uh, in this uh, in, in this uh, fake world, so Jim Gordon and Dick Grayson are both dead, and Bruce is is a uh, is a a doctor who uh, is basically uh, you know coddled by his mother and com- completely disappointed uh, by his father as to what it is, and then he ends up falling for a patient who turns out to be Selena Kyle. Hey. And and then she uh, distracts him while she uh, robs, uh, you know, while he while the surgery is taking place. So, again, I, I, I think it's a great idea to constantly change, you know, like what would happen in a Batman history type of thing. So that, that's, I, the- I, that's the best thing about comics to me is that that's the one problem that people criticize in you know, comic book movies for being different tones these days. You know, like pe- some people don't like, um, you know, the way Thor has been a comedy thing. But it's like to me, well, the whole point of comics is you can have all different interpretations of the same thing. Like there's a million Batmen, you know, mm-hmm. and they're all different tones. Some of them are silly. Some of them are serious. Some of them are this and that. And that's what's amazing. You can do you can do these stories that aren't even connected. That's right. You know, you have the standalone ones also. And uh, yeah. Yeah, like I think they should be making movies out of stuff like that as well. Just just make a Batman movie that's a side, and that would never happen though because they want to connect everything. Right? But wouldn't that be cool if someone just said, "Oh yeah, we've made a new Batman movie. It's based on that Elseworlds Batman where it's in Victorian times." But yeah, well, they awesome. they they have done that. I I there, there was I recall seeing a DC animated uh, Batman story there was which takes place in Victorian era. There was an animated one, yes, yes. yes. They can get away with it with the animated one because right. that's an extension of the comic, really. Yeah. Correct, correct. Okay, so that was the first Batman. The second one is one called The Sacrifice. Have you ever heard of that one? Uh, not sure, not sure. Okay, so a character hmm. named the Phantom Stranger uh, shows Batman what it would be like if his parents didn't die. He gets the family that he's always <laughs> dreamed of, but without becoming Batman. Uh, Gotham City Gotham City has fallen to ruin under the constant gang wars controlled by supervillains, and Commissioner Gordon has become bedridden quadri- uh, quadriplegic after being tortured by one of the gangs. Russell yeah. Wool, ah, this does sound familiar. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Russell Wool has conquered uh, much of Eastern Europe and has killed hundreds of thousands, and Dick Grayson is on death row for the murder of Tony Zuko. Ah, yes. So again, another. Uh, Elseworld type of uh, idea of Batman, like what would have happened at, uh, if his parents didn't die? And then the, the, that the... seems to be an idea they can never let let go of. They're always like, well, what, what if though Batman's dad comes back? He wasn't dead. It's like, oh, okay, we've done that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and then there, there's the third one called Bat- Batman Gotham Adventures, uh, which is similar to this one. It was written by Ed Brubaker. In in this comic, it's an even bleaker world and what they have here is that you know Dick Grayson is working for Tony Zuko, 
Tim Drake is working for the Joker. Harvey Dent is taking payoffs from Zuko while remaining unaware of his own split personality. And the, the, the end of the story, basically, uh, Commissioner Gordon is killed by the Joker. But once again, I mean, this, this whole idea is, is that Batman's parents weren't killed. So then there's the whole question. <laughs> again? Yes. So then there's the whole question that, okay, you know, if the Joker didn't kill them, so and Batman didn't push him into a vat of chemicals, then how did he become the Joker and why is he here? You know, so it's, again, it's another variance of uh, the entire uh, story. So yeah, fantastic, great idea. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I, I sort of jokingly criticized it before, but Uka, if you want to keep doing these stories where the parents don't die, churn them out, make millions of them. It's great. That's right. Well, it's, it's it comes down to the fact that that uh, you know, as long as you think of new ideas with it, then 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 it's great. If you're just rehashing yeah. the same old thing, just because you know you're you're you take the idea of the parents dying, the parents not dying, and seeing where that goes. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, as long as each time it goes in different directions. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, some people don't like it. Where, yeah, but his parents did die. It's like, well, a, it's fictional, and b, it, as you say, it's like a what if, and isn't that cool to think about? You don't have to accept it as canon. That's right. Correct. All right. So, John, you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find uh, John Parker? Yeah, if you want to listen to my other shows, you can uh, you can go to thebatminute.com. Uh, you can go to hedvig.lgbt. And you can go to miamiminutes.kim. I bought a Korean web address for that one because he's Korean. So, and he's called Kim. So I bought it, baby. Cool. Uh, they're not really very fancy websites. They're just the episode, which which is actually by design. I didn't want to have it all cluttered. It's like, no, you just go on there and there's the episodes. Great. What more do you need? <laughs> That's right. That's the way it is. <laughs> and while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook. So... Until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 